Good morning. Isn't it good to be here? It is. I am glad that you are here, that you have decided to be in the Lord's house. If you were able to be here last night, thanks. It was, I had a good time. I don't know about y'all. I uh, had a good time and had some good food afterward. That was, that was good. Yes. Amen. Uh, if you, if you were able to join with us and, and have some burgers and s'mores, we sat around the sat, stood around the fire for a while, and and uh, everybody kept saying, "This is great. We should do this more often." I said, "You're exactly right. We should." So, for all of those, and if you're watching, hello. You weren't able to be here uh, next time, because as we were driving home, I said that was that was lots of fun, and Shane said, "Yeah, of course it was." said, well, we need to, you know, people say, oh, this is great. We need to do it some more. And, uh, but how do we get people to come and, and do it, you know? He said, all right, I got this. So, y'all about to find out. I don't, I don't even know, but Shane and the Lord do. So, y'all about to find out next time that there's something to do. Shane's about to promote it. So, yes, uh, <laughs> for now, amen, for now, uh, in two weeks, not next Sunday, but the following is thanks meal. Yes, invite anyone you are thankful for. Any, and also, if you don't have anyone you're thankful for, invite anybody, just anybody at all. If you were not here last night or if you're watching and you were here last night, you are invited to, uh, to thanks meal. If you're here today, you are expected to be here for thanks meal and to stay because we're going to have lots of great food. Also, on December 15th, we are having our church Christmas party that is a Wednesday. It's going to be at 6.30, and we're going to have party food. Uh, you know, come dressed in your party attire. Um, yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll always have a great time there, too. Um, keep playing games and singing carols and just having a good time. So keep those things in mind. Also, we talked about putting together shoeboxes. If you have not brought your item for this month, it's socks. The socks are still in the back of your truck. Um, so, <laughs> sorry if I, bless me. Um, the item for this month is socks or box. So if you have uh, not purchased anything yet, you still have next week to go. And the 17th of this month, which is a Wednesday, we have talked about maybe putting together some boxes now uh, we have two classes going and I haven't even I'm not I'm not trying to put y'all on the spot at all if y'all would like to if your class would like to join in then we'll come all over here or if y'all want us to do it then we'll do it over there but that's that'll be a decision that uh, we can talk about but the 17th that will give us that night and then there's two more days to collect boxes so um, we will we will do those things, and uh, any other announcements? Not that I can think of. Uh, so, 
some of y'all know that Shane was cooking those burgers. Shane and, and Brother Ken cooking those burgers last night. And, um, and where the grill was, <coughs> was right next to Shane's truck. Oh, yeah. See, the Lord provides, doesn't he? Um, and, and as he was cooking these burgers, these, these so, so good. Apparently, the wind, and y'all know it was super-duper windy out there, the wind took the grease and uh, flung it on his truck. So this morning, as he was on his way to pick up bread from uh, Harris Teeter, he said that he looked, and he was like, why is my windshield so filmy, you know? Is it foggy? Is it What's the deal? He turned on his wipers grease all over the windshield of his truck yes so when he got home this morning he was cleaning cleaning uh got out some dishwashing liquid and clean you know trying to get all that grease and stuff off well he was so proud of himself and this morning we were on our way to church he's like look at this it looks so much better than it did this is great and he said i'm gonna i'm gonna just turn on my fluid yeah <laughs> thank you um, he said, I'm just going to turn on the windshield wiper fluid. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wipe it again. And I said, I don't think that's a good idea. And he said, yes, I'm going to. It's fine. I said, did you wash your, your wipers as well? Yeah, of course I did that. <clears throat> there's a, <laughs> as soon as he did it, and now there's a big line of grease <laughs> across the front of the thing. Yeah. So as soon as that happened, because I'd been, you know, I'd been praying this morning, Lord, what, what would you have me say, you know, to open our service? And, um, and this, again, I had other things in my mind, but when that happened, I said, thank you, Lord. Because the thing is, we have things in our lives that get on us, you know, whether it's our own fault <laughs> or whether it is just the world happening, just stuff happening, and things get on us. And we need that cleansing power of the Lord to, to clean us up, to help us. And the thing is, if we go back to what we were doing before, you know, if we, if we turn back on those windshield wipers, if we go back to, to what we had been doing previously, we will understand and see that, that that's not the way to go because all that mess gets right back on us so i encourage you today whatever the lord has cleansed you from don't turn back amen let's stand and go to the lord in prayer ask him to have his will in the service heavenly father we thank you we praise you for your goodness you are so good to us lord i thank you and i praise you that you've given us this opportunity to come into your house to fellowship with other believers god to bring our our needs to you to bring our honor and our praise to you god we thank you and we praise you for this chance today god i ask that you would have your will and your way in each and every life god i pray that each one of us who has come in today would receive from you. God would be cleansed, would be healed, would be helped and given strength according to your plan and purpose. God, I pray that you would anoint us today, that we would say and do only the things that please you, Lord, no more and no less than the things that you would have us to do. God, for every person who is here, for everyone who is watching, we ask your help, we ask your strength and your blessing on their lives. God, I just I pray that you would come down in a powerful, strong way because we know and understand Understand that where two or three are gathered together in your name, you would be there in the midst of them. And we thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' precious holy name, we lift you up. We bless your name. 
Amen. Now, y'all, this is the first time in how long? And he, yes, and Dad's feeling well enough. We're going to grab out our hymn books. <clears throat> That's right. Page 113 to start. Yeah. 113. Down at the cross where my Savior died. Down where for cleansing from sin I cried. There to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. There to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to his name. I am so wondrously saved from sin. Jesus so sweetly abides within. There at the cross where he took me in. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. There to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to his name. Oh, precious fountain that saves from sin. I am so glad I have entered in. There Jesus saves me and keeps me clean. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. There to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to his name. Come to this fountain so rich and sweet. Cast thy poor soul at the Savior's feet. Plunge in today and be made complete. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. There to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to his name. Amen. Page 235. This is one of my favorite ones. 235. Once like a bird in prison I dwelled. No freedom from my sorrow I found. But Jesus came and listened to me. And glory to God, he set me free. He set me free, yes, he 
set me free. He broke the bonds of prison for me. I'm glory bound my Jesus to see. For glory to God, he set me free. Now I am climbing higher each day. Darkness of night has drifted away. My feet are planted on higher ground. And glory to God, I'm homeward bound. He set me free, yes, he set me free. He broke the bonds of prison for me. I'm glory bound, my Jesus, to see. For glory to God, he set me free. Goodbye to sin and things that confound. Not of the world shall turn me around. Daily I'm working, I'm praying to, and glory to God, I'm going through. He set me free, yes, he set me free. He broke the bonds of prison for me. I'm glory bound. My Jesus to see for glory to God, He set me free. Amen. Amen. Page 259. 259 of 359. 3. 359. 3. Amen. What a fellowship, what a joy divine, leaning on the everlasting arms. What a blessedness, what a peace is mine, leaning on on the everlasting arms, leaning, leaning. I'm safe and secure from all alarm, leaning, leaning. I'm leaning on the everlasting arms. Oh, how sweet to walk in this pilgrim way, leaning on the everlasting arms. Oh, how bright the path grows from day to day, leaning on the everlasting arms. I'm leaning, leaning, I'm safe and secure from all alarm. Leaning, leaning, I'm leaning on the everlasting arms. What have I to dread? What have I to fear? Leaning on the everlasting arms. 
I have blessed peace with my Lord so near, leaning on the everlasting arms. I'm leaning, leaning, I'm safe and secure from all alarm. Leaning, leaning, I'm leaning on the everlasting arms. I'm leaning, leaning, I'm safe and secure from all alarm. Leaning, leaning, I'm leaning on the everlasting arms. Amen. Give the Lord praise this morning. This morning, didn't the preacher sing last night? Oh, oh man. I think my somebody said they taped it and sent it to somebody. Sister Diane Keller taped it and sent it to Sister Keller. So good. Hot dog. I thought she was going to drown by the out the way you were singing. Goodness sake. It is good to see all of you with us this morning. It's time to receive our tithing offering. First, we're going to just With that, I'll ask Brother Joyner to say the blessing over the offering. Oh, Father, we love you today for your goodness and all your grace. More than it.
good to see all of you this morning. I had a great time last night. Miss, miss some of you. I was looking for Pop Pop. Um, it's time now to receive uh, prayer requests this morning that you may have. Sister Hager. Yes, it was a great time. We definitely want to pray for Sister Hager's family. Brother Mike. Yes, pray for Brother Mike's family. Sister. Who? Who? Your daughter. Definitely pray for your daughter. Sarah. Yes, ma'am. Sister Wiseman. Sister Wiseman's sister. The procedure goes well and safe travels. Brother Mike. Definitely want to pray for Brother Mike's sister. Sister Joyner. Steve and Robin's son and daughter-in-law. <clears throat> Anything else? If not, raised hands for unspoken requests. Stand with me as we take these to the Lord. Here we go. The Lord is my shepherd, everybody. The Lord is my shepherd. He goes before me. He goes before me, defender behind me, defender behind me, I won't fear, I won't fear, filled with anointing, I'm filled with anointing, thank you Jesus, my cup's overflowing. Overflowing, no weapon can harm me. No 
somebody just shout Jesus right there. He always guides me. He always guides me. Through mountains and valleys. Mountains and valleys. Say his joy is refreshing. His joy is Okay. 
and our uh, we are glad again that y'all were here yes I know I set the song for five minute fellowship because <laughs> um, we had our uh, our regular our regular sound person is in is in uh, yes where's Dominican yes Dominican and uh, <laughs> so and then our our secondary or substitute or you know not less in importance but less in frequency is in Tennessee so we are yeah I said it for five minutes and they fellowship longer but uh, <laughs> yes here you go well, praise God for good fellowship, amen. Praise you, the Lord. <laughs> I tell you, we got a lot to be thankful for, don't we? I mean, a bunch and a pile to be thankful for, for all the goodness and and how God is blessed and how He moves. There, there, we prayed for a lot of things this morning, and and they deserve our prayers and and to keep praying. Uh, but God is good to bring us this far, and to bless us this much this far. Oh, what a night last night. Man, it was good. Brother Mike, I, that's uh, is my favorite singer. And Brother Mike is on down. He's pretty close up there. He asked me about it last night at the fellowship hall, you know, about where he stood, you know. And uh, because he's, he started naming Jennifer and then Leneva and so. And, but, and they let me sing with them last night. And... Uh, uh, even Brother Shane, I think he taped some of that. Praise God. But it was a joy. I was wore out because they got here about uh, 3.45, and I, I come over then, and I stayed the whole time. I sat, and I uh, sang a little bit with them in their practicing. and um, <laughs> but So I was wore out, and I, I guess you could tell that. I didn't have a whole lot of breath. But God, God is so good to give us a great night like last night. I mean, the whole thing was wonderful. Uh, the fellowship out there at the fellowship hall. I'll tell you, we had some folks that were over 50 out there with marshmallows on the end of a stick. Uh, had about three of them there, and they're here this morning. <laughs> had about three of them that was out there with young folks, cold as it was. And the, and the food, was the food good? Oh, my gracious. And uh, uh, I ate a whole, almost a whole hamburger. Usually I don't eat as much as I ate last night. I ate a bunch of slaw. But my wife can cook good slaw. <laughs> I, remember, I, I remember I remember. One at, at homecoming. That's what our superintendent at my home church said. My wife can cook good slaw. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so my wife cooks good slaw and good uh, uh, chili too. Boy, I I want to do it just for uh, Tony's uh, sake. Boy, I, I, I first a, a, a burger and then smeared a bunch of homemade chili, and then some then some mustard on there. Put some lettuce and tomatoes and and boy, I tell you the the slaw on the side. Tony, and you know what? I'm sorry, but I didn't even think about it, did I? I did. God is good, isn't He? Isn't God good? And I want one or two.
to brag on Jesus. Has he been good in your life? Even this week, and maybe you remember something from last week or last month. Somebody brag on the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. God bless you. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Lord. Sister Powell is one of those over 50, too. Stand up and brag on Jesus. Thank God for the miracle. Thank God for the miracle. Amen. Maybe there's one more. Maybe there's one more. We love you. God's good, isn't he? And he's worth bragging on. God's good. He's a blessed, wonderful Savior. And I love him. I want you to enjoy the message this morning. Let God bless your heart. Amen. Amen. He is good. And, of course, we, y'all know we do in uh, the month of November especially, we focus on uh, songs that give praise. We, we focus on it. In, in two weeks, we won't take up any prayer requests. It will be nothing but, um, but thanking and praising the Lord. So we want to take a little bit of time out of out of the whole year and we request and we we gain and we get so much we would just want to say thank you to the lord for what he's done so this morning again thank you for being here live and in person thank you for those watching i know that there were a couple who uh who said that they were and <laughs> amanda texted me they're they're away for their anniversary and amanda texted me this morning and she said well we tried to tune in but we forgot that y'all were um y'all were an hour behind us now so <laughs> So I don't know if y'all are watching, if you if you waited on us, but if you are, hello and and have fun and be safe. Um, and I know there was another person who said that they were going to be tuning in this morning. So hello, and um, you know can't wait to see you again. So today we are on word nine of our, and, and y'all know there are ten words, so we're getting close to the end. But uh, we, there's there's other stuff to come, but. But for now, we are on word nine. Our previous word instructed us not to steal because God's people must live with integrity. We are instructed not to steal because when my desires are in line with God's desires, I have all I need. And I must not steal because as a child of God, I do not have to provide for myself. I'm not responsible for that. He has said in his word that he would supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So I trust him and I have faith that he will provide. And then if I don't have it, I don't need it yet. That wasn't, I didn't mention that last week. And in May, I don't know, with coveting, we don't really talk about that. But if I don't, if I don't have it yet, I don't need it yet. And uh, as I pray, the Lord gives. And uh, if he doesn't give, then... Again, I, I, I don't need it. I may think I do. Lord, help us. Amen. The ninth word is one that some may have mastered and some are still working on. Some of us, I'll say. This command is under the grouping of love your neighbor as yourself. So, the idea of the ninth commandment, if y'all know what it is, I always heard, you know, very, very simplified, don't lie. That's that you know don't lie, but uh, but do we want false witness born against us? Of course not. 
There were, of course, uh, cultural implications for this command, so we will learn a few different things. We'll, we'll see the Old Testament significance of this verse. We will see Jesus' personal experience, and then we will see how we t- are to apply it to our lives. So, in Exodus chapter 20, verse 16, Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. So be careful, little mouth, what you say. You'd be amazed at the people who don't know that song. That's just a side note. But but I was saying that the other day, and somebody looked at me crazy. like, y'all don't know that song. Be careful. We, maybe we need to start singing those songs, too. There are legal implications indicated with this verse. We've already learned that it was very difficult for a person to be convicted of a capital crime. A crime that was punishable by death. Remember that we discussed this, that someone had to, the, the witnesses, there had to be at least two, two or three witnesses confirmed the, the gravity of the case. And the witnesses would have had to see the person in the act, would have had to say to the person, hey, stop what you're doing or you are going to commit a capital offense. The offender would have had to say, I understand that and I do not care, I'm going to continue and they would have had to continue doing it. So extremely difficult to prove anything that was worthy of a capital offense. So those witnesses were very, very important if they had seen a crime committed. According to, and you don't have to turn there, but if you're taking notes, according to Deuteronomy chapter 19, there were provisions for a crime which was witnessed by only one person. So if if only one person saw this crime committed and they came to report it to the authorities and they said, this has happened and I saw this happen and here is my eyewitness account, then a diligent inquiry would be made before judges. So the, the offending party and the witness would come before the judges. They would each be questioned. And if the accuser was found to be a false witness then that person would receive the punishment which was intended for the accused. So if a person was just trying to be malicious and say, I saw this person commit this crime, no one else was with me, but I I witnessed it, and they're both brought before the court, and everything is, is talked out, and the reports are heard, if it was a false witness, they were, were worthy of capital punishment because they had testified falsely, accused someone falsely, and caused them to be in danger of capital punishment. So it was common practice if it was found that the, that the witness was correct, that the person had committed this crime. It was common practice for the eyewitness to be the first person to put their hand forth to, to kill whoever the offending party was. So the, the one who had witnessed it would be the one to cast the first stone. The one who had witnessed it would be the one to, uh, to whip the first lash to punish the person. So it was really, really important if you were an eyewitness that you knew what you were talking about, that you were sure of what you had seen, because you might be the one to have to bring about the initial punishment for this person. An eyewitness was a very powerful responsibility. But 
Again, especially dangerous to be a false one. But what does it mean to bear false witness? Taking a look at the words here, bear, one interpretation, one, one idea is begin to speak, sing, shout, testify, announce, or give an account to bear. Not just a witness, because we think of all these words, these proclaiming words as witness, but to bear meant to testify, to announce, to speak. False, of course, meaning untrue or a sham. This is where we get the idea of, you know, this is a command about not lying. A witness, testimony or evidence against thy neighbor, meaning friend, companion, fellow, or another person. So just like when in the New Testament when Jesus was asked, okay, well, who's my neighbor? Well, anyone around you is your neighbor. It's not just the person who is very closest to you, but you have the responsibility not to bear false witness against anyone. It would have been of utmost importance for those living together in close proximity to be able to trust one another. Those who were, those millions of people who were out in the wilderness together had to be able to be unified, to be trustworthy, because they were all in that together. For 40 years, they're walking around in the wilderness. And if one bears false witness against the other one gets a gets a wild hair and decides that i don't like this person so i'm going to accuse them of something then that creates this dissension within the community and who can you trust it casts a shadow on that person who is accused and when they begin to when that witness begins to talk and say things about oh I, I think I saw this person doing such and such and then all the community begins to look at them oh well huh can that person be trusted who should I trust the person that I didn't see commit the crime or the person that's saying that they did see hmm so it created this issue within the community but then consider the personal experience of Jesus with false testimony in Mark chapter 14. Mark chapter 14. We're going to see verses 55 through 59. And here they had finally, they had finally caught Jesus. They had finally, it was his time. And he was brought before the courts. And it says, starting in 55, And the chief priest and all the council sought for witnesses against Jesus to put him to death and found none. For many bear false witness against him, but their witness agreed not together. And there arose certain and bear false witness against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands. And within three days I will build another made without hands. But neither so did their witness agree together. So in their desire to condemn Jesus, 
the chief priest and the council were seeking out people who were willing to testify falsely against him. Consider this. All these people that they were looking for would have been among the Jews who had heard Jesus preaching. They would have known the law in Deuteronomy chapter 19. They would have known that if they bore false witness against Jesus and were found out as false witnesses, they were going to suffer the same punishment that was intended for Jesus. But yet, they, they kept looking, they kept searching, couldn't find anybody, but finally they found someone who was willing to testify falsely against Jesus. We don't know if they were paid, if they were promised something, but finally they did find some people who were willing to stand up and take that risk of being punished by death to speak against Jesus. Consider the power, consider the hatred that the council felt against Jesus to be willing to possibly to say to these people, I'm not trying to add anything to Scripture, but according to the law, they should have been killed. Those false witnesses should have been killed. But perhaps, again, I'm not trying to add anything to Scripture, but what if, what if the council people had said, oh, well, we will we'll take care of it. Don't you worry. We're going to, don't you worry. Jesus is, Jesus is wrong, and he's worthy of death, and so you just say what we tell you to say, and don't worry about a thing. Because their stories didn't even fit together. The stories of these eyewitnesses did not coincide. One person came forward to claim that Jesus had said he would destroy the earthly temple. Then he would rebuild another one made without hands. Now, some of these are the words that he used. We see that in, in John. But the meaning behind what Jesus was saying was completely different. He said, destroy this temple, meaning his body. Destroy this temple. And in three days, I will raise it up. Now, they did not choose to see, or their eyes were not open to see, that he was referring to his death and resurrection. They were, they were feeling as though this was in a physical sense. Yes, this temple that is right behind us, I'm going to, if it's torn down, then I'll rebuild it. But he never said that he was going to tear the temple down. So the things that he said were twisted. And how often does that happen? Mm. Even the disciples did not understand until after his resurrection that he was referring to his body being put to death, put in the ground, and that he would rise again on the third day. John says that. He said it was after his resurrection that they understood his meaning. They didn't even get it. So these false witnesses were brought before the council, said all these things against Jesus, and the hardness of their hearts caused the, caused the death of Jesus, fulfilled this prophecy that they were attempting to use against Jesus. They did destroy that temple, and in three days it was raised to life again. So ask yourself, how often are we the Pharisees? How often am I the Pharisee? Lord, help. See, when we, when we read the Bible, I don't know about y'all, but 
you read the Bible and you have all these different characters and you try to identify with one or another of them. You say, oh, that, you know, this person was struggling. This person, that w- that's me. This person got the victory. That person's me. This person has gone through hardships and difficulties and the Lord delivered them. That is me. How often are we reading and we say, oh, that Pharisee, that's how I act sometimes. I don't know. None of us want to put ourselves in the role of the Pharisee. But as we gain a better understanding of ourselves and of the Word, how many, you got to ask yourself, how many times have I been that? How many times have I been the accuser? Have I ever been a false witness? We may cast ourselves as Jesus. This person wronged me. That person hurt me. That person lied on me. There's that song, uh, Long as I Got King Jesus. I've been lied on, cheated, talked about, mistreated. Yes, absolutely. But how many times have I been the one? Claim as I might, I am not always the victim. So, Have you ever been the one? Have I ever been the one to, you know, share what I've heard? You know, just as a prayer request, y'all pray for so-and-so. He is going through it. He has been battling with this and this and you know what. You know, just just trying to share, just trying to encourage. And uh, how, how many times have you done that? And we've all been there, I'm sure. But you've got to be careful. Because there are certainly people who are malicious, and they're trying to hurt people on purpose. There are. And, and the thing is, and I've learned and in the times that I have been Jesus uh, in the story, hurting people hurt people. So we have to do our best when those things happen to us to ask the Lord to help us see that person and see what may have led to. And again, just like I said last week, it doesn't excuse, but it does explain. Like maybe that was the reason that they, that they were doing that. And Lord, help them to get over that so they don't do it to anybody else. But I believe that most of us are eager or reluctant. Oh, I just, oh, I, don't, I, I can't say. I can't say. It was told to me in confidence. I just can't say. I mean, if you guess it and I give you a wink and that confirms, then that's fine. But I just, you know. Mm. Sometimes those stories get, get spread because we want people to agree with us. We want people to agree with our opinion. I'm going to tell you how bad that person was so that you'll be friends with me and we can gang up against them. Don't you agree with me? Yes. Our opinions are the same. We can hang out. Mm. Or sometimes we say things about people to make us feel better about ourselves. Well, at least I'm not as bad as all that. Lord help. And here's the thing, I am not trying to condemn anyone because I can be just as bad. 
Lord, help me. When I have a little piece of information that no one else has, see, this is me. When I have information no one else has, I feel a lot smarter. <laughs> I feel superior. Like, I hate surprises, absolutely. Just cannot stand surprises because that means that everyone knew something that I didn't know. Like, come on, why, did I, why was I not smart enough to figure this out? That, um, yes, it's a, a, I don't know, perfectionist or competitive. I, I'm not really sure, but... But sometimes when we know things and then we talk about those things, maybe it's to make everybody else see how smart we are. Oh, I figured this out. I heard this about this person. I figured that out about them. Or, or I, I heard such and such a thing. Did you hear that? Oh, you didn't? Mm. And it feeds this need within us to seem smarter or to seem better, to be more secure. And God is telling us, don't do that. Do not bear false witness against your neighbor, against anyone, because your neighbor is anybody. When I can bond with someone that I like or that I want to impress over a mutual annoyance, I feel validated and accepted. This happens at work a lot. If anyone from work is watching just turn it off right now just don't don't continue but this happens at work a lot you know you start to hear rumors of people who were who are gonna quit or people who are not following procedures like they ought to oh did you hear about this person no what what i won't oh my goodness and you start to again feel the superiority and it's so easy to slip into that and to feed into that. This need to spread a word that only has a kernel of truth or could potentially be hurtful to the subject is a heart issue. Just like with all the other commandments, all the other words, it's a heart issue. Ask yourself, why do I feel the need to tell someone else about someone's business? Why do I feel the need when this person is going through something and I don't know the cause and I don't know the extent of the issue they're facing, I, I don't know the reason that they're acting this way, why do I feel the need to take a little bit of that and spread it to someone else? It's a heart issue. Lord, help us all. Because I don't understand, I don't realize how hurtful it can be. Because I'm just trying to hang out with somebody. I'm just trying to be friends. I'm just trying to, to have a mutual, you know, we've, we've got somebody who's gotten on their nerves and we're going to talk about them. And again, I'm, not, I, I'm telling you, it, it happens. If it doesn't happen to you, praise the Lord, and you guys are doing great. It's just for me and the people watching online that this is an issue for. But, but I, can, I can find myself doing that sometimes. And I have to say, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Keep my mouth shut. Lord, help me. Because, again, that superiority, I know something you don't know. And it, it comes up, and I have to say, Lord, help. Lord, help me to shut my mouth. But if I'm loving my neighbor the way that I love myself, what do I have to do? What does the Lord require? So there are some principles that will help us 
Number one, recognize the responsibility of a witness. Again, we see that if a person was a witness to the crime that could lead to death, they were to warn the violator first. That was their first responsibility. They're witnessing something that, that could lead to their destruction. Hey, person, you probably shouldn't do that. That's going to hurt you. And not in a hateful way, not in a way of condemnation, but saying, I'm concerned about you, and I see that maybe you're headed this way, and, and maybe you shouldn't. That's the first responsibility of a witness. It was to protect the violated person and the violator so that they'd stop, so that they'll consider their actions. They'll think for a second, maybe I shouldn't do this. And it was to prevent something bad from happening. In the New Testament, we are told as a church body, as believers, to warn and caution fellow believers who are headed toward destruction. All throughout the New Testament, in the epistles, we're told, bear up the burdens of those around you. If you see a brother who is caught in an offense, try to help them. Warn them. Tell them, hey, brother, the way you're going is going to hurt you. You need to stop that. Now, again, not for the purpose of superiority, but to say to them, hey, I'm concerned about you. I don't want you to end up where you used to be. That is the responsibility of a witness out of concern for the soul of someone else. We hear that little phrase, see something, say something. You know, you see that a lot in the at the airport. If you see something suspicious, report it. Uh, if, you, if you see someone acting sketchy, let it, let a, I was about to say let an adult know. Do you ever feel like that? Like, well, I need an adult in this situation. Maybe y'all don't feel that way. So, like, I am the adult in this situation. That's a, that's a problem. Um, <laughs> but let an authority know. You see something weird, let somebody know. But oftentimes we end up talking to the wrong people about somebody else's issues. I saw something, so I'm going to say something. Again, we get this idea of superiority. I caught somebody doing such and such. You're not going to believe it. I'm not going to say, but if you guess. As believers, we are to strengthen those who are weak. That is our responsibility as a witness. The second thing we are to do, ask yourself what kind of witness you want to be, a false one or a faithful one. All throughout uh, Proverbs, it talks about a faithful witness and a false witness. It talks about the differences in how they act and what they do. It says that a false witness causes discord. It causes people to fuss and fight amongst themselves. Or it causes one person to have a really negative opinion of someone else. If I hear you talking junk about somebody, then I'm going to start to wonder. I like you, and I hear you talking junk about them, so maybe that's a bad person. Maybe that person isn't worthy of my time because you don't like them, so I shouldn't like them. Y'all may never do that. Maybe you don't. And, and good, it's just, it's just me and the people watching online. But the thing is, 
we hear other people's opinions and then we start to pick up on it. Oh, that person, mm, you can't trust that person. You can't stay ra- around that person. That person's annoying. That person will do this and this and this. <laughs> A false witness causes lies to be spread. A false witness damages reputation. Sometimes this is worse than death because you can't escape some of the things that people have said about you. Whether they're true or not, or whether there's only a tiny little bit of truth, oftentimes you don't have the opportunity to explain yourself. Like that wasn't at all what I was saying. When, when they came against Jesus and they said that he told people that he was going to tear down the temple and rebuild it in three days, that's not what he said. He used some of those words, but he didn't even, he didn't defend himself. They kept accusing him, kept accusing him. He never said that he was going to tear down the temple. But oftentimes when we start to say these things and we're bearing false witness one to another, that other person never gets the opportunity to speak their piece and say, you don't understand what I was going through. You don't understand that the context was completely different than what you're thinking. A false witness can change positive perceptions about good people based on one false accusation or a misinterpretation or misrepresentation of facts. You, you don't know. You don't know. But a faithful witness will not tell lies. We have been called as witnesses to this world to spread the gospel of Jesus. He says, you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the world. We are called to be witnesses, but we have to be faithful witnesses, spreading the gospel, spreading the truth of Jesus, who he is. One might bring with it popularity. You're the one who knows everything. Everybody wants to talk to you. But the other brings holiness and restoration. The third thing we must do, the third thing as being good witnesses, loving our neighbors, the third thing is do not even listen. Now, we talked about the meaning of the word bear, that it was proclaim or to shout out. But the very first meaning of the word bear is to heed to pay attention and to respond. So if Jesus is saying, if Yahweh is saying, do not bear false witness, the first interpretation of that is do not even listen to false witness against your neighbor. Don't even listen to it. Don't even respond when someone's talking like that. Don't even, don't even pay attention to them. Don't heed them. So our responsibility, again, is to not even listen. When somebody starts saying that stuff, <laughs> um, I ain't finna be dealing with you. Move on. You always hear, if they're talking about others to you, they're talking about you to others. And that is so true. So be careful. See, this indicates this idea of, of not paying attention when false witness is born 
indicates that we have a responsibility that when we hear someone begin to spread information which may not be true and certainly which is detrimental we have no reason to pay attention or even respond to such negativity say I'm not I'm not listening to that you know what I'd rather talk about something else today let's not even yeah let's not and if that's the only reason that we're friends and if that's the only reason that we hang out with each other is so that we can talk about people then probably there's someone like I'm hanging out with you but then later on you're hanging out with someone else and guess what this person said to me we can refuse to be drawn in this will definitely take discipline I'm not saying that it's easy it takes discipline on our part but part of loving our neighbor is treating them the way that we would want to be treated when people hear false reports or detrimental opinions about me I would rather them just ignore it or speak up for me if you know me well enough go ahead and say that's not you don't know what you're talking about that person wouldn't be that way just just recently and oh really if anyone from work is watching I doubt it but if anyone is from work is watching turn it off right now please so just a couple of weeks ago we had a, a situation some of us who, who have a, the, the same duty were all brought in and uh, had just a really quick meeting and the meeting was you know encouraging us you know smiles and and helping and yes make sure that you're doing this and this and this great job great job and then the second thing was be careful what you're saying because some people have heard and I've gotten emails and not me the person who was leading the meeting I've gotten emails and I've gotten calls about some of the things that parents have heard you say so please be careful because um, the parents are, are you know they're upset about it and um, just just safeguard he did not point out anyone he did not hint hint again and he said the there were emails sent to me and there were phone calls so later on a couple of days later uh, a friend of mine said said I heard somebody talking about I heard somebody saying something about you about me and immediately I rolled my eyes I'm like I, it's fine it's okay it's <laughs> haters gonna hate um so I, no worries and she continued on and she said yeah um so and so said that she thought you were probably the one who told on us i said okay I said well I, and she said but i told her you weren't i told her you were not that kind of person and i said okay well i honestly i I'm never down there with on that side, so I don't know who it was. I have never heard a thing y'all have said. So if it was y'all, then whatever. If it was me, whatever. But no, I, I was not the one who told on anybody. But then later on, and again, I'm rolling my eyes like, not a big deal. I don't, I don't care. But then the next day, that friend came to me, and she said, I want to apologize. I said, uh-oh, okay. She said, I shouldn't have even said, I shouldn't have even told you that that person was talking about you. She said, because I took care of it. I told that person that it wasn't you who did that. 
and I shouldn't have even I shouldn't have even let you know that they were talking about you I'm sorry and I said well I respect you for apologizing I promise it was not a big deal so no worries but how often do I do that oh this person you won't believe what this person said about you and then you start to feel negative about that person well how dare they say something about me we gotta be careful we have to be careful so hmm. I've always heard again and likely you have as well that this commandment is about lying thou shalt not bear false witness don't lie but it's more than that it's so much more it is a heart issue its roots are insecurity the roots of this are insecurity why we would need to bear false witness why we would desire to hurt someone why we would willingly say things that would be hurtful that we know are only partially true and that insecurity can only be healed by knowing our identity in Yahweh knowing that I don't have to prove myself to be smarter and better I don't have to show that I know so much more. I don't have to get this person to like me by tearing down someone else. I know who I am in Christ, so I don't need that external validation. I do not have to run others down to be liked or to be valuable. And if I'm only valuable for what I can share, the negativity, the gossip... then that person doesn't like me. They only like the story that I can provide for them. And when the information runs dry, they're done. So instead, we must recognize our responsibility as a witness. We must decide what kind of witness we want to be, and we must refuse to listen to false witnesses as the music plays. Um, if you if you find yourself in that situation then understand you're better than that understand that you're better than that that you don't have to you don't have to talk other people down to look better you don't have to tear others down we need to be lifting each other up so if you have been experiencing this if, if this is something that's in your heart then today we're going to pray first for forgiveness because we don't need to be doing that it's against the commands of God but also we need to pray for confidence in Christ security in Yahweh to know who we are in Him Heavenly Father we thank You Heavenly Father, we thank you, we praise you, we give you glory because you are good. Thank you that we are loved. Father, we thank you that we are chosen, that we are treasured children. Thank you and I praise you. And Father, I pray now for forgiveness. I ask you that you would cleanse me from those times that I have said things 
just to look smart. Forgive me for those times that I've shared information that could be hurtful to someone else just because I wanted to be accepted by the crowd. That I just wanted to look neat in front of somebody. God, forgive me for those times because that was wrong. That was wrong. God, forgive me for sowing discord because that's what I do as a false witness. Forgive me for those times that I should have built someone up and instead I, I just kept shooting at them. Forgive me. Forgive us as your people. We come to you saying, God, cleanse us. Clean us up. Burn away those times, those things that would cause us, those insecurities, God, that would cause us to tear others down so we look better. Help us to understand that's not how it works. Father, I pray that we would be a positive influence for those that we're around. And God, if we're only being influenced by those who are tearing others down, I ask that those relationships be removed from our lives. Or that in some way those relationships be changed to be godly and righteous. Father, I ask you today that you would help us each to find our identity in you. God, that we would each understand that we are loved and we are chosen and we are precious in your sight. And that we don't have to hurt others. God, help us to see and recognize that those that we've spoken against are also chosen and loved and precious in your sight. And that as we bear false witness against them, we're hurting you and not only them. Forgive us, Father, and change us. I pray that our desires would be different. God, as we leave here today, that we would desire to do better, that we would desire to do right. And Father, when the temptation comes, and it will, I ask you that you would help us to be a protector, to be an advocate. And that when we hear things, we say, I don't want to talk about this. Let's not do that. God, give us the courage to say those things. God, give us the, the wherewithal, the, the understanding. God, prick our spirit. Come in, Holy Spirit, to say, no, I don't say that. That's not nice. That's not right. That's not true. God, help us to take from those words in Philippians that whatever, so, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are pure, think about those things, that we would speak about those things, that we would represent you in everything we say and do. Father, we thank you for the cleansing of your word, and I ask that that's what it is. Lord, that your word is not condemnation, but it is cleansing. It's a mirror that can be held up to us and say, are you doing right? If not, then you need to wash, you need to cleanse. Help us, God, to see it that way. Not to run from you, but to run to you to be cleaned. We thank you. We lift you up and bless your holy name. And today we say over your people, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious unto you. And may he give you his peace. In Jesus' precious name.
Amen.